Yes, it's time for another, <laughs> the way I started that out, it reminded me, yes, it reminded me of like a Bill Hader character from Saturday Night Live where he's like, yes, ah, <laughs> when I started that. Hi, my waterproofians. Yes, it's another time for a Waterproof Records with me, Jacob Givens, and uh, looking forward to this one today because I'm really curious to see um, how many of you, my listeners, that this album had a huge impact on you because when I was listening at the time, it blended perfectly in my life, given that I was in theater and I had kind of this musical sensibility about me. Um, it was a little of an off kilter choice. I think I first realized that not everybody had the, the same experience of, of loving this band uh, as much as I did until I was much older. And then I would meet people and they're like, oh, I never really got into them. And that's why I wanted to cover this album, because they were huge for me. This was a really big band. Um, so we're going to get into it. I'm not going to uh, waste too much time here up top. And we're going to get into this album. So we're going to get the song, my awesome sponsor, and then we'll dig in. How's that sound? Good? Great. It's time to talk about Whatever and Ever Amen by Ben Folds 5. Let's go. If you're into music, and if you're listening to my show, I know you are, I've got a podcast for you to check out. Gig Gap, ostensibly labeled as the show for working musicians, is a fascinating and entertaining look behind the scenes at what it takes to put a live band on stage. Hosted by two longtime friends and podcasters, Dave Hamilton and Paul Kent, discuss everything from booking the gigs, getting paid, and working with the crowd, to prepping the band, learning the material, and managing the personalities involved. And while the show is said to be for musicians, a surprisingly sizable chunk of their audience are music fans who just love hearing about how the sausage is made. So if you're a fan of live music, playing it or watching it be played, be sure to check out Gig Gab at giggabpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dig in. But before we do that, let's talk about my sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid is the incredible service that gets your music online, streaming, I said I think, I think I said online, which that's not where it would put it. Lime is where people used to pirate music back in the early 2000s, I think, <laughs> if you remember. Um, I never did that, I would never do that. Let's get back to my sponsor. DistroKid helps get your music online. Super easy, and I have a special link that you have to be using. If you're not using it, you should be. DistroKid.com slash VIP slash waterproof. You plug that in, that special link. It'll take you in, and you get 30% off your first year of music. So you got to give that a try. It's definitely worth it. I use them. going to be using them again over and over again because it's a really fast and efficient way to get your music online right away. Also, it helps you get on multiple platforms. They have an iOS app. You can be checking your, your money, how much is coming in from people downloading your songs. A lot of great things. Your stats, see what else you need to be putting out there. So I highly recommend, once again, distrokid.com slash VIP slash waterproof. Get that 30% off. And I love them. I think they're fantastic. Now, it's time to talk about Ben Folds 5. So like I was saying up top, this album 
And this band in general really matched, you know, here I was a kid who loved Metallica, Megadeth, Testament, Pantera, Slayer, which I was a little scared of when I was younger and I learned to love later. Loved the metal. Then I loved the grunge and the Nirvana, the Soundgarden, the Alice in Chains, the, the Pearl Jam, and the Smashing Pumpkins, and all these bands. I loved the hard, heavy stuff. I loved the underground college radio. But then here came this band that was infusing this piano, these harmonies, in a really unusual, out-of-the-ordinary way. And my first time I actually... actually Boy, I really am having a hard time getting my mouth around the words today. Um, my first time I actually remember hearing Ben Folds 5. I was watching, I believe, 120 minutes, and I heard the song um, Underground off of their debut album in 1995. That's the first thing I remember hearing and seeing by this band. I remember they were playing like mini golf in the video, and I was like watching it, and I remember thinking to myself, it says Ben Folds 5, and I just see these three guys. You know, I, I, I remember having that thought cross my mind and I wasn't aware of who they were, how many members were in the band, but I was thinking it was kind of funny, like, well, wouldn't it be funny if it's just three members and they named it five? And sure enough, that's exactly what Ben Folds did with his other two cohorts and bandmates, Darren Jesse on drums and Robert Sledge on bass. Um, by the way, if you know the stuff that I've been putting out. You may be somebody who's just discovered me on social media and that led you to the podcast and you have no idea of the history of content that I've made online. There's a funny connection to Robert Sledge and this web series I made called Good Cops. If you don't know about Good Cops, back in 2011, uh, some friends of mine and I, we made this web series where we're making, you know, we're wearing fake mustaches and aviator glasses. Yes, totally in the vein of Reno 911 and that whole kind of style of stuff. This was kind of early YouTube, old school, you know, back in the days of uh, people just throwing things at the wall and seeing if they'll stick. And me and my group of friends, we came up with these characters that were cops that were really bad at their job, but they were always very passionate about solving the case. And no matter how bananas their hypothesis was, they always ended up being right. Kind of an inspector gadget. Um, you know, that was the spirit. And we were paying tribute to our love of 80s cop movies. You know, we had that lethal weapon love and, uh, and die hard and just, you know, cops that just took their jobs so seriously. It just started out as this this bit. I won't get on too much of a tangent. If you've never seen it, it's all still available on YouTube. Um, Good Cops season one and season two. Each one is like three minutes long. They're very short, except for the finales get longer. But we made this this show, and one of the cops, my friend Noel, my friend Noel Carroll, he named his character Sledge. That was the name of his you know detective Sledge, and it was absolutely based on his love of Ben Folds 5 and that name for that bass player, Robert Sledge. So when I hear Sledge, I always think about good cops and I think of that character as well as Ben Folds 5. Um, but like I was saying, Ben Folds 5 comes out and there's three members. There's Darren Jesse on drums, Robert Sledge on bass, and Ben Folds on piano. And they came out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which has got a cool music scene, a lot of good bands out of uh, North Carolina. Um, Super Chunk, Archers of Loaf, good scene. Um, but I remember seeing this song and I went out and bought that first album. I got it and I love philosophy. That is one of my all time um, Ben Fold songs. Love philosophy, love underground, um, love, I think boxing's on that one too. Yeah, I, that, that is a great album. 
And the reason why I chose to do Whatever and Ever Amen, which actually came out in March 18th, 1997. This is their second album. This is the one that the world knows them for. And this is where they kind of cross over in the mainstream. I thought it was a good one to talk about because it's it's the perfect in the middle of this band, them really shooting their shot. And then after this, it's kind of the beginning of the end when Ben Folds 5 is no more. But this album really crosses over in a major way. That first album, I had it. Um, this makes me sound like I'm talking like a hipster, like I had it before anybody else. But no, I had it as like one of those things that I remember in my my friends, my my close friend groups, I would show it to them. And because they were very like minded and similar to me, they got into it. Um, I owned that album the year I moved to Wheaton, Illinois. And I've talked a little bit about the emotional uh, aspects of that, of like having a new group of friends. And I remember there was a guy in the group of friends. His name was Scott Rosenberg. And he really liked Ben Folds Five. He, I remember showing him that debut album, and he got into that. And then, uh, so this band was a band that I loved. I went back to my hometown of Tulsa senior year, and I remember even using the song "Underground" in this um, video for our class the fall of my senior year, which would have been 1996. I was using "Underground," and I remember editing it into the song, and it was perfect because it was playful. But then comes "Whatever and Ever Amen." in the spring of my senior year. And this album really takes me back. I have so many fond memories of driving with another Scott, one of my best friends from childhood, Scott Guthrie. Um, I, rem- I have so many fond memories of listening to this while driving in the car with him and singing along. It has a very memorable, um, you know, I have so many funny memories of driving around. I'll get into those in a little bit. But whatever and ever, amen, is them beginning to go from being, I think Ben Ben Folds always said that he is quoted as saying that they were punk rock for sissies. Um, that's because the music coming out in this era, you know, like I talked about all those bands earlier, everybody was doing the, the angsty punk rock thing. So he wanted that sound, but he played a piano. He's lugging a baby grand around at these venues, these small v- music venues, which is hilarious. And then Robert Sledge on bass would would use the big muff pedal, this distortion pedal. And these were really heavy drums from Darren Jesse. So even though they had a piano, they did these really interesting, unique Ben Folds five sounding um, energy behind it. And that first album was much more rocking. And in this one, you get into the diversity of it all. You get to slowing things down, kind of um, ben Folds finding that he likes these ballads and these slower things that you will see come out of him in his solo work later. But this album drops. And I remember the first single before we get to Brick, because, you know, we're going to be talking about Brick. But the first single um, was it was the uh, we're, Battle of Who Could Care Less. Battle of Who Could Care Less, which is a great song. The part that always sticks out in my mind is. um where he goes, and you're all dressed up like the cure. I remember in the video, uh, Robert Sledge is playing the bass and he just does the the horns to the screen right there during that part. I always think about that part. I've been thinking about making a video referencing that for years. Um, but yeah, it was Battle of Who Could Care Less. Catchy, harmonies, just just bop your head to it. You know, do, 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 do. I can't do those high falsetto notes anymore. I used to when I was younger. But I have to go lower now. But that was the first single, and I think it did okay. Not like the behemoth that is Brick, but the um, 
the fun times, I'm pretty sure the story behind Battle of Who Could Care Less was Ben Folds was waking up and there was like on the TV um, a commercial, one of those uh, Franklin Mint, like you can buy this uh, commemorative chess set or something like that. And I think he was kind of half in and out of sleep and he was hearing them talk about you could buy this, you know, chess set that commemorates the battle of da 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 da. And he was in his head. He was like the battle of who could care less. You know, though, that was the thing. Like, who gives a shit about a chess set in some random battle honoring this general and, you know, the, the, the lyrics that he writes. And he was cracking himself up about that idea. And that, so that's what inspired him to sit down and decide to write the song, The Battle of Who Could Care Less. And that's that's what um, inspired the uh, the notion of the song. Um, but it's a great one. And again, if this is an album that you're not familiar with and you've never heard before, I highly recommend that you give it a give it a go. If you only ever heard Brick, you're missing out. Um, I think you have to like I think you have to like like a little bit of the the lightheartedness of piano and harmonies. You know, I was growing up and my mom was playing things like ABBA Gold, you know, so some would say that that would be considered maybe a guilty pleasure, but I still listen to ABBA Gold and Fernando and Chikatita and those songs. I love them. I love them. No shame. No shame. I'm not going to say that's a guilty pleasure. I enjoy ABBA. I went and saw Mamma Mia on stage, dude. Okay. I am not ashamed of my ABBA love. Um, <laughs> it's not a not a cool thing when you listen to rock and alternative or metal to go around and say you love ABBA, but. I don't give a shit. I like it. I'm going to take a sip of water. Um, but things like ABBA and then, you know, I like I said, I was in musical theater and stage productions. So if you like that stuff, it's easy. It's very accessible to listen to Ben Folds 5 and Ben Folds. Um, but if you've never given it a chance, there is a cool edge to them that I think you'll enjoy. That distorted bass. They're very catchy melodies, very catchy choruses and songs that you'll sing back. And they had a sense of humor to them, too. They were funny. Um, I really got a kick out of the way they would, you know, the subject material for songs. There was a playfulness. And then it would occasionally, especially on this album, get into the heavier stuff. But let's start out about the the opening title track on the song. Um, One Angry Dwarf and 200 Solemn Faces. That's the first song on the album. And uh, what a great title. Because you know immediately what that what that is. One angry dwarf and 200 solemn faces. Ben Folds, I think, was not a super tall, young person. I actually don't know how tall he is now, but I think he was talking about his lack of height. And the inspiration for this song came from envisioning being somebody who'd become super successful super rich, you know, rock star, whatever, and reaching this success and have having overcome being bullied and picked on by all the naysayers and all the people against you in your life. And then having the opportunity to have them sit in a basement, like bound to chairs and just sitting there and having to take it and having to look at you standing over them saying, you know, I did it. You were wrong. You picked on the wrong guy. And I mean, if you've ever been bullied or had those painful childhood memories like I've talked about here before where kids were mean or you were called awful names or you felt like an outcast. 
Um, you will sympathize with this lyric. You will empathize with this lyric. I have, I have many a times fantasized when I was younger about making a fool out of anybody who gave me a hard time. Just, I used to have these visions of just them begging for, you know, forgiveness. I'm so sorry, Jacob. We are so wrong. You're amazing. <laughs> You're so talented. We were wrong to call you names in the hallway. Everybody who gets that, who has that um, shit happen to them in their youth, I think they fantasize it. So one angry dwarf. Um, September 75, I was 47 inches high, is the lyric. <laughs> Badass mother G.I. Joe. God, it's a great song. Um, and just the way he hits those keys, right? He just attacks him with ferocity. So good. Then you get to Fair. Some of these songs, I kind of had to look up what they were um, about because I don't think I ever paid much attention. I've talked before about the lyrics and how I don't, you know, I don't often. I'll sing along to a chorus or lines and songs, and it's like a muscle memory. It's like I'm singing along, but I don't necessarily know what it's about. But um, Fair apparently came from a newspaper article about a domestic dispute and it was this guy chasing after his wife and she gets in her car and she basically, she runs over him and that's the vengeance and that's fair. So, um, he, he was reading that in a newspaper article and that's what, um, that inspired that song. That's that. Another great song. Um, but let's get to it. Let's just dive in. We got to talk about brick. Brick, which is a wonderful song. Do not get me wrong. When, with that exhalation that I just gave you, I, I love this song. And I, when I first heard it, it hit hard. It hit hard. It was a, a really, really heavy subject matter to be facing as an adolescent. Um, fears over pregnancy, the dilemma of what you do uh, with a, you know, an abortion. And having to go through that, this was really, I, you know, this is 1997. I am about to graduate high school. I am facing some serious life decisions at this point. I'm in a major relationship with somebody that I love at the time. And th that is a, it's a heavy subject material. No matter who you are, if you've ever been in this situation, Brit can really, really connect to that, that feeling, right? I, I, for many of you, I hope you've never had to go through the dilemma or the anxiety of being young and teenage pregnancy and what that means. And, or I hope it all worked out for you. Or if it didn't, these, this is a very tough subject. And for this to have been a, a hit, a radio hit, I think what you could hope is that it would give young people a little bit of a perspective of what kind of complications they could be getting themselves into if they weren't careful. Because, I mean, the 90s, uh, the whole notion was just like, just abstain, just abstain. You know, like the, the safe sex thing and the condoms and the education. We were getting there, but not yet. It was a just a lot of Puritan, you know, super religious thinking of like, you just just don't do it. That's it. You know what I mean? And so you really, you hope for a song like brick to snap people out of it and be like, look, people are doing it and, and, uh, they need to be educated on this. 
you know, not to make this too much about that subject, but that's what Brick is about. That's what it is. And that this became a top hit, you know, something that people could sing. Now, the downside is they played the hell out of Brick. They played it so, so much. Um, and I think that even the band, this was where things started to turn for them. From what I've read, this was the thing that happened, Brick, that then they realized people are only going to want us to make Brick part two. And that's what they want. They want more of that. Well, actually, I think that they just thought that style and they didn't want to do that. So that's where they start kind of, you know, on the next album, Reinhold Messner, they they commit to another rocking, crazy, awesome album with no brick on it. No, no song that looks like that at all. And that's where their record sales plummet. And they're just like, I think we had a fun run, guys. You know, I think Ben Folds 5, as it was, was cool, but that's it. And it's really because of this song. Brick is a great song. It's a hit song. People will always remember Brick. But it's the thing that became so popular that it prevented Ben Folds 5 from being able to sell albums in a way that would keep them afloat, you know, and tour and play unless they were doing songs like Brick. You know, so I think and it was actually Darren Jesse's chorus to be fair, the, the chorus of Brick. She's a brick and I'm drowning slowly. That is um, a lyric that Darren Jesse, the drummer, had in his mind um, for a long time. I think for years and years and years, and he wanted to use it. So to give him credit, that's a that's a lyric that, you know, Ben Folds then crafted the music around that line. But that's the one we remember, you know. So anyway, then we get to Song for the Dumped. Song for the dumped, right? That is, that is, a, that's the perfect thing that if you've gotten dumped or you've broken up with somebody, just crank that bad boy up. Sure, you could, you could put on so many songs. You could listen to The Cure, Disintegration, and get mopey. You could put on something angry and heavy and just bash your steering wheel as you're furious. But if you just want that kind of like roll down your windows, like kind of go a little bit insane song for the dumped, you know, <laughs> give me my money back. Give me my money back. Um, yeah. And don't forget my black T-shirt. That song, it just makes me laugh. It's a good way of dealing with being dumped. Um, but yeah, this I think the story, the story behind this one was, you know, Ben Folds is trying to write the first song, One Angry Dwarf and 200 Solemn Faces. And he like would tell people what the idea was. And I think that Darren Jesse was like almost making a joke because Ben Folds was having a hard time communicating this vision in his mind. And Darren Jesse like wrote down, like, it's not that hard. You just need to tell the person off like this, you know, here's the lyrics, you know, <laughs> give me my money back. You bitch. Uh, so I, that's the story I remember reading about that. Um, then we get to Selfless, Cold, and Composed, a beautiful piece of music, a beautiful piece of music, which apparently, I guess, got a lot of flack for being indulgent. I guess fans or people who listened to the album really gave Ben Folds like a hard time for it taking as much time and space and getting away from their more rock punk, you know, edgy sensibilities, really, you know, the, the, the strings and the orchestration. But you know what? I love it. I love that song, Selfless, Cold, and Composed. It's a beautiful song. And I am, you know me, 
I love drama. Take take it away. <laughs> give me give me all the sweeping cinema score sounding strings in a song. That's always gonna make me wow. I love it. Um, and Kate, Kate. So this was the memory, Scott. If you hear this episode ever, this is the memory. I remember us driving in his little tiny car. He had this tiny, I want to say it was like a 1980s Toyota Corolla. And we're driving and we're singing to the chorus of Kate. And we're in falsetto voice just going, Kate, <laughs> like that. And he's kind of swerving his car as we're singing back and forth. And every time I hear that song, I think of that, that refrain. I think of that chorus, the Kate. And apparently... Um, Ben Folds had a girlfriend, his ex at the time, and she was saying, oh, there's so many, you know, there's so many beautiful girl names that songs can be written for. You know, there's Michelle and there can be Jolene, but nobody could ever write a song that's called Kate or where you sing Kate. And Ben Folds told her, he's like, well, I will. I'll do it. And she's like, well, what would the chorus sound like? And he's like, Kate, <laughs> Kate. And so he did it. He went 100 percent. And that's what I love, again, about this band. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It didn't, it saw something and thought that's fun. Let's do it. Why not? Right. That's always been my thing. You know, whenever people look at me and see that I do something kind of silly or something that makes you look dumb, I kind of, I like to do that. I feel, I find that I have to defend myself for it. Cause I feel like there are a lot of bullies still come in. I mean, just recently I did this video that you probably saw if you follow, I did this, um, making fun of ugly kid Joe and not making fun of ugly kid Joe. Don't, don't get me wrong. I was thinking about, I heard everything about you. I hate everything about you by ugly kid Joe. And I'm, uh, I'm thinking about how it was so funny as a young teen, as a young adolescent, how you would, when you're angry at somebody, you would use these songs to kind of get it out. Oh, we were just talking about this. This is, this is relevant. This ugly kid Joe tangent has a point here, guys. Th- using a song as therapy or as a way to get out your your anger or your frustration that you can't seem to get to the person. You know, being 13, 12 or something like that, being young and having somebody make you feel terrible at school, bullied or somebody makes fun of you or a girl breaks up with you or something, and you have this anger and you, you, you want to tell the person off, but you just don't know how to do it. Or the moment you try to tell your the person off, you trip over your words. You know, remember those times? It's like you'll you'll have somebody say something, everybody laughs, everybody gets a good laugh at you, and you just can't think of the right thing. And then later that night, you think of the thing, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like that Seinfeld where George Costanza talks about, you know, the jerk jerk store is running out of you, just terrible comebacks. But you would get picked on, and I was sitting there, and I was thinking about Ugly Kid Joe, everything about you. And I was thinking about how funny it was to depend upon that emotion of like somebody has been mean to you. And now I'm hearing this song in my head and I'm going, I hate everything about you. And so I'm poking fun at young adolescent angst, poking fun at it. And as an actor, I decide to make a video where I'm showing myself in front of lockers Feeling that same like, how dare you, you know, poking fun, having fun. And sure enough, when somebody writes in the comments and they go like, oh, this one, this was bad. This was just a stinker. This was cringy. And you're like, you got, uh, I'm not going to make a tangent on this because I know a lot of you have reached out after my tangent on cringe from 
melancholy. I've heard a lot, got a lot of messages. Some supportive and others were like, you can't let it get to you. And others were like, well, you know, it is what it is. But I was going to say, so this person says that and you go, I think you're missing the point. I think you're missing that. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm an actor, I'm a comedian, I'm an improviser, I'm a performer. So my job is to convey human emotions as that, as an entertainer, right? So when I make a video, I'm showing you how something feels through kind of a character of myself, a caricature of myself. So the point of that video that I made was to show, is that funny guys? Is that funny how we used to feel that way? And so when somebody comments that, I kind of go, I think you missed it. I think you missed it. It's a joke. You know what I mean? It would be like watching a sketch comedy show like Saturday Night Live and seeing somebody making fun of being a dork in high school and and then the person being like, wow, wow, this is really uncomfortable. And you're like, well, that's the point, you goober. You doofus. Anyway, Kate. Kate. I had a serious girlfriend in my younger years, my eighth grade into freshman year, and her name was Kate. So that song does make me think of her too. Then Smoke, Smoke, which I believe is credited to um, Ben Fold's childhood friend, songwriter, Anna Goodman. Um, he married her for a short while when he was younger and they've remained friends and she's helped compose music and has been in bands. But I think he credits her for the lyrics of Smoke. He said she's one of the greatest writers he's ever known. And I think that he was crediting her because she wrote him a letter and a lot of the words in smoke were in that letter. So he said that, you know, the words from this song are really credited to her. So I wanted to say that that is a beautiful song. It's a very, very poetic, um, good lyrics. And then we have cigarette, which is just kind of a little, little tiny medley. I often like things like that, you know, like where it's a piece of music that just kind of sneaks its way in it's almost like you're passing from from one room to the next and you're like passing by the broom closet <laughs> and you're kind of like, what's in here? Oh, it's cigarette. How nice. You know, it's kind of like on Siamese Dream when you get sweet, sweet. It's like you're you're in a space. You just exited a song. You're about to go in another song. But oh, on the way, I'm going to look out this window over here or I'm going to take in a little tiny view of something. It has a space. It has a, a purpose in it all. And I really like it. So I like I don't disregard songs like Cigarette. You know, like I, I enjoy getting to it. Then we have, oh, this is such a fun song. Stevens, Last Night in Town. I don't know much about the story of why this song came together, but if you know this album as well as I know this album, the one thing you're gonna be thinking about in this is the telephone ring, right? If you know whatever and ever, amen, and you know. Stevens last night in town, you know, at the very end of the song where it builds, 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 Stevens last night in town, there's that pause. And if you're listening, if you've got good headphones or good speakers, you can hear a telephone ring and it's not a cell phone. It's a house phone. It's a very specific digital ringing house phone, not old school rotary, but it's like one of those ones that was pretty prevalent in the time, a house phone that you, 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 it's wireless, you pick it up, but I know that ring and I know you know that ring too. I know you know what I'm talking about. So if you don't know, Stevens Last Night in Town is like a big band number. It's this big, you know, like jazz hands, you know, we're doing the Charleston and it's so fun. And then there's that phone ring 
And I read this thing where Ben Folds was at Saturday Night Live at a rap party, at a cast party. He hadn't just performed. He hadn't just performed on the show, but he was there um, maybe as a friend or as a guest or something. But he was there and he's sitting at a table at the after party with a bunch of the writers. And every single new writer would come up and like sit down the table and they'd be like, hey, so Steven's last night in town. Is the telephone ring real? And that just everybody kept asking that question. So it wasn't just me. It wasn't just you. It was it was the cast of it was the staff of writers at Saturday Night Live. They were wondering, is that telephone ring real? And to answer it, if you've never known, yes, it really happened. They were recording Ben's vocals in a studio space, but that was in a house. And they're doing the take of the vocal and the phone rings. And he just said, fuck it, leave it in there. And I'm so glad. Those are those little Easter eggs in an album that you go, if you know an album well, you, you're, you're going to know the phone ring. So it's a real phone ring that was captured during a, a vocal take of Stevens Last Night in Town. And then, um, and that's it. That's it. And so it's you, me, and the cast of writers from Saturday Night Live in 1997 or whenever they were there. So anyway, I'm trying to trying to get through all these songs because I know I'm, I'm going on and on here. Oh, I talked about... Battle of Who Care, Care Less. I said Battle of Who Could Care Less chess kits with general apathy and major boredom, which is in the lyrics. So, yeah, that's what he's thinking about. All right. Well, we're getting closer to the end of the album. Um, and these are really fantastic songs. If you had to push me to say, what is your favorite song on Whatever and Ever Amen? I think they're all great. But I'm going to tell you right now that if I'm making you a mixtape, and I'm grabbing a song off this one. Because if I was grabbing one off the first album or Reinhold Mesner, I'd go in a different direction. But if you're going to hear one of my all-time favorite Ben Folds 5 songs, it's Missing the War. Missing the War. There is something about the arrangement and the build of this song. Ooh, guys, I just got chills. I got chills because I was just thinking about that moment where... Time may fly, you know, and it just keeps going. I'm missing the war. Ba, 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 ba. I'm missing. Oh, I'm going to listen to that as soon as I'm done with this, with this podcast. So good. Missing the war. Um, so the story behind that title and that energy is um, I think Ben was watching Patton, you know, a military war movie. And there was a scene in the film where he was talking about, you know, George C. Scott was saying how he missed the war. And Ben Folds was thinking to himself, he's like, what a bizarre thought to have. Like, who even wants to be in war in the first place, let alone miss it? But whatever the subject is behind this song, the feeling of this song is Perfect. I love Selfless, Cold, and Composed, Kate, Smoke, Cigarette, Stevens Last Night in Town, Battle of Who Could Care Less. I love all these songs. This is a this is a no skips. This is a no skips. No skips. I should start making that a category in the podcast. You know, albums that I consider to be no skips. Because would I say that every album I've done up until this point is a no skipper? No. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I'll have to break that down sometime, which one I think are no skips. But this is a no skipper. And Missing the War is just phenomenal. So if you're not familiar with this album, 
and you're only going to give me one song because you heard you heard Brick on the radio when you were like, "Ugh, what a bummer. Give me Missing the War. Go, go listen to that song. Then we get to Evaporated. And as far as I know for Evaporated, this was a song that came from the previous album. It was a piece of music that they worked on and then it got cut from the first one because it just didn't fit in. You know, I think Ben Folds made the decision. He's like, it doesn't work. And everybody's like, yeah, it doesn't work. But he missed it. You know what I mean? He was like, it's a it's a piece of music that I want it to be included, but it just didn't fit. And this was the album where I was like, maybe we could throw it on there. And it's a beautiful piece of music. It's a evaporated is a great way to close out this album. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, this isn't one of those ones. I don't think I have anything else in my notes. That's like really earth shattering things about the, the recording of it that are really unique or unusual. Um, but Ben Folds 5 really had this, you know, hilarious, fun, unique. I was into piano music because of Tori Amos and there were other artists that were incorporating piano, but they just did it in such a unique way. That distorted bass, that heavy piano. You know, if you've ever heard some of their live albums, um, really awesome live energy, funny covers and, you know, Ben Folds up there doing funny things like Satan is my master, like, you know, or fanny packs for all y'all who wear fanny packs. I, I loved this band so much. And I kept up with Ben Folds a little bit. I kept up with him a little bit. Like when he went solo, I think I got the first and then maybe second one. Um, I think that that's that's about as far as I went. I wanted to see if I could get his discography up here so I could see how many albums He's done on his own. I did Rock in the Suburbs. I bought that one and I got songs for Silverman. So 2001, 2005. But then after that, I, I'm, you know, no, no bad feelings for Ben Folds. I just, you know, a lot of other music comes into my life. But I think that the finest that his music was, was with the trio, was Ben Folds, Darren Jesse, Robert Sledge. That's the finest for me. Now, I love Rock in the Suburbs, and I love Songs for Silverman. I think those are great albums, and he is a really gifted songwriter, and I love his vocal style because it's kind of uniquely, um, I wouldn't say pitchy. That's not a fair assessment of it. It's not pitchy, but it's not locked Okay, so you know when somebody's vocal notes feel like they just are dead on the 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 pitch a little bit. His feels a little loosey goosey at times. Not as loosey goosey as like you know Wayne Coyne from The Flaming Lips, where it really gets kind of on its own plane. But Ben Folds has this freedom in his vocal style, which is good, and he hits these notes well and harmonizes well. But they they sound like a your regular everyday person singing. You know what I mean? Like there's a big difference between a Josh Groban or a person whose vocal acuity is like just laser on every pitch and every note. And then there's a sense of like every man and Ben Folds has that every person kind of quality to his his voice. And he can hit some incredible notes, incredible ranges. But um, confession, I'm going to confess this to you now. Because you're my waterproof, uh, my waterproofians, you're here. I'm going to confess this to you now. Um, I don't enjoy acapella. I don't enjoy it. 
it, I, it's fine if you like acapella. But there's just certain types of music that just don't connect for me. And I know that Ben Folds got heavily into acapella works and tons of acapella groups have done covers of his songs. And friends of mine have sent me links to Ben Folds acapella pieces of music. And I've always been like, great. It just doesn't connect for me. And it has to do with a lot of those acapella groups from the early 90s, like Carmen San Diego, or you'd be like at a school or church function or something, and there'd be somebody going like, doop, 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 doop. There'd be some gut bass guy doing the bass line, and they're coming in, they're doing the acapella. And when I was in college, there were all these acapella groups, and I just, all of them just made me go, <laughs> so I know that there's some really cool um, acapella, especially for Ben Folds, that, that is almost like choral. You know, like it's a little bit more like a choir singing and that can be really pretty. I'll, I'll, I'll admit right there, if it gets choral sounding and it sounds like a choir singing an acapella, that can be really nice. What I don't like is when there's five people and they're trying to imitate instruments that has never really connected for me. But that's just my personal opinion. Ben Folds is heavily immersed in acapella stuff and did a lot of it, which was very cool. And he's also worked with some unbelievable collaborations and done some cool covers. Like he has a cool uh, In Between Days Cure cover. Lots of great stuff. Um, but I was here to talk about whatever and ever. Amen. And I wanted to do that. So I'm going to wrap things up now. But I wanted to say before we get out of here. So if you haven't, if you're following me on Instagram, I just recently started subscriptions and wait, 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 before you're like, oh, he's trying to get money out of me. That's not the point. They give you an option when you create subscriptions on Instagram, they give you price points and they recommend you to start at like $4.99 or something like that, like five bucks a month. Well, I set mine for $2.99 and even that I was kind of like, maybe I should make it like 99 cents. But the only reason I did that, the only reason I did that is because I knew that if I wanted to create a group that people would want to have behind the scenes, shout outs, um, you know, kind of what my ideas were in advance, talk a little bit about my choices, what I'm thinking of creating, what's going to be my next podcast subject. I, I knew that if there were people out there that enjoyed my content and wanted to hang out outside of that and wanted, there would have to be something that separates, right? Like if you made subscriptions or made a, a space where it's like, if you just want to join, come in at any time, there's no way you could really keep out the awful people that say horrible shit on my profile or people that are just like their aims to destroy or, or they're not, they're, they're not really in it, you know? So I decided to create that as a way, not so that I could be profitable at all, because trust me, it's a small group right now. And I love you. I love my crew. They're the best. Um, we have our own little, you know, language starting to form our own name of the group. We have everybody is starting to get to know each other and befriend each other. And I tell them what I'm thinking of doing for my buried treasures on Sunday. Um, I let them know when I'm out, you know, like I, they're going to be open to meeting up at, you know, doing meetups. I'm going to be doing shout outs. So I want to shout out to all of them right now. I'm so happy that you join me in subscriptions. Thank you for doing it. We are having so much fun in there. And if you'd like to join, it's super easy. Um, it's $2.99 a month. You just hit subscribe. And I promise I will make it worth your while. I post videos, 
Um, I plan on making that a space where if people really want to see or hear something, they have a good open forum to communicate and talk with me because it becomes more and more difficult, like I've said in the past, to have any other like real conversations given that it's so large now. So if you are interested in joining, I'd love to have you. We are becoming a really tight group and it's a lot of fun. So I want to shout them out right now and I'll maybe from week to week or podcast to podcast, like say a name of a, of a different person in the, uh, the waterproof subscribers group. Um, where right now we're called the waterproof crew. So I am so happy to have them and I wanted to give them a shout out on the show. Um, all right, that is it. That is your waterproof records with Jacob Givens covering whatever and ever amen by Ben folds five. I hope you enjoyed it. Incredible band, really fun, great energy, loved the unauthorized biography of Reinhold Mesner that came after this. I loved that one too. Um, but whatever and ever, amen, if you're only going to pop on one Ben Folds record, which why would you just do one? But if you're going to just do one, this is a good one to go to. This has got, you're going to hear that hit brick and you're going to hear a lot of other fun, humorous songs. You're going to hear that orchestration and you're going to give a try to missing the war, which is my favorite song on the album. Um, thank you for joining me once again, shout out to my, um, my, my sponsor, I was going blank on the name there. My sponsor, DistroKid. So make sure to follow that link, distrokid.com slash VIP slash waterproof. Get that 30% off your first year. Um, thank you again for supporting me on that, DistroKid. You're the best, and I love you. And I love you, too. I'm so grateful to have you here. Um, be checking. I'm you know Right now, I'm at a bi-weekly schedule for Waterproof Records. Maybe we could make it into three times a month. I'm considering that I'm considering ramping it up a little bit and doing more shows, but reach out and let me know, um, what you think, or if I, or, or, or if two a month is enough, then that's enough. We'll, we'll keep it there, but I just wanted to let you know. So thank you again for joining me on waterproof records. We'll see you next time. Things are going to change. I can feel it. It's just going to be that kind of body.